Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. This week, we are going to be recapping a movie called Me Before You, based on a book by Jojo Moyes of the same name. Yes, so it's starring Amelia Clark. Uh huh. And what's the guy's name? Sam Claflin. You don't sound very confident in that. <laughs> it's it's Sam. I, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Sam Claflin. We're going to go with that. If it's not his name, it is now. What is he going to do? Is he going to personally contact us? I wish he would. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're, we're just, you know what we're going to do? Here's here's the game plan, Courtney. We're going to keep saying his name wrong until he's so annoyed that he contacts, that he slides into our DMs to correct us. <laughs> He's just going to have his attorney send us a cease and desist. <laughs> just fucking stop talking about me, you crazy bitches. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but also no. So Emilia Clark is probably best known for her role in Game of Thrones. Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? I watched some of it. She played Khaleesi, right? She played Daenerys Targaryen. Mm-hmm. who was the mother of dragons. Yes. The reason I bring it up is because Amelia Clark is as opposite from her role as Daenerys Tigerian as you could possibly get. Like, her actual personality fits the role that she plays in this movie a lot more because she's a very, like, bubbly, cute girl. She is. She is so just, like, quirky and happy and... This, whatever. Courtney is doing spirit fingers. She, she's <laughs> forgetting that we're a podcast. <laughs> no, I knew we were a podcast. I was I was trying to find the words to represent this. Let's never describe that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just allow people to not know what you just did. Anyways, um, <laughs> Amelia Clark in this movie plays Louisa Clark. This cute little bubbly, quirky thing. She is a waitress at a bakery coffee tea shop for like half a second at the beginning of the movie until her boss hands her an envelope with a wad full of cash and sends her home. Which, to be fair, is not what would happen here in America. You would just get fired and your boss would not care if you could feed your family or not. Yeah, your boss would just wait until they would either let you drive there, tell you not to clock in. And then fire you and send you home. Or they would wait until you worked your whole shift. Yeah. Been like, hey, I'm going to have to let you go. And then you would have to fight with unemployment to get two thirds of your pay after a two week waiting period for up to six months. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to eat for two weeks, right? You're good. Yeah. Like you're fine. But this movie takes place in the United Kingdom. Apparently what's happening is that Louisa needed that waitressing job because there Mm -hmm. are so few jobs in her town that her dad is unemployed. Yeah, her dad actually, um, he actually got laid off in the last year. Her dad got laid off from a job and he got completely screwed. Like he was screwed out of his pension. He was screwed out of like pay. So her dad was basically left high and dry. And Louisa was really contributing to the family financially. Yeah, which is interesting to me because there are multiple people in this family. You have the dad, you have the mom, you have another sister, and she's the only one working. A grandpa. And there's a like grandpa, get your ass up, bro. You know what, Pop Pop? Um, OnlyFans is for everyone. There is a market for old butts. I mean, it's niche, but you know what? Sometimes niche things pay more. 
You know what? Shake that little raisin ass. <laughs> Shake that little raisinette. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, she um she is really upset, not only because she just lost her job, but also now she's really letting her family down. And she does what I assume most people would do. She goes to like the employment office. I mean, it kind of looks like um like a temp agency or something like that. It does kind of look like a temp agency. And I guess her caseworker, he's like going through all these jobs she had. One of them was at a chicken processing plant. Do you think this delicate creature is made for murdering chickens? <laughs> the answer is no. Uh, yeah, apparently she has a hard time holding on a job, which honestly is a red flag for me. I mean, it is a red flag, but I also think that... If you were to continually continuously put somebody in a job that they're not suited for, they're not going to be able to hold it down. Yeah. Like. I guess so. But the caseworker tells Louisa, hey, I'm kind of nearing the end of my rope. I'm not sure I have anything else for you. Then this other job comes in and he's like, you know what? This may be a fit for you. It's a caretaker for a disabled man. And she's like, well, what kind of caretaking? Like, I'm not a nurse. And essentially, it's just help, you know, with feeding, companionship, day-to-day activities, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's perfect for her because it requires no experience. It requires no experience, and it's mostly companionship. Louisa, remember, is kind of desperate for money because also the job pays very well. It's a six-month contract, and it pays extremely well. So Louisa shows up for the interview and it's at this like big estate. So it's obviously wealthy people. And she meets with Mm -hmm. kind of like very uppity, rich, stuck up woman. You can tell the woman's not really impressed with Louisa. Louisa's skirt ripped. And so now she has an indecently high slit on her outer thigh. This woman explains that the job is for her son. Her son is paralyzed from like the chest down. And then Louisa essentially was like, I really need this job. I really need this job. I mean, Louisa is desperate, but it seems like the mom is also desperate to find someone for her son Mm. because it's very clear that Louisa is kind of a klutz and she's probably not really qualified for this job. And they kind Mm -hmm. of offer it to her anyway. And they ask her to start immediately. Yeah. And her mom takes her back to go meet Will. He has a nurse that comes in a few times a day named Nathan. Um, He'll walk you through all the stuff you need to know. But let's go meet Will. So before we meet Will real quick, we as the viewers know something that Louisa doesn't. Because the opening of the movie, we see Will and he's not Mm -hmm. disabled. He is this very handsome guy with a girlfriend getting ready to go out for the day. He goes Mm -hmm. out in the rain and gets hit by a motorcycle. Yeah, he gets essentially pinned between his car and the motorcycle, and that's how he becomes a quadriplegic. What is the appeal of motorcycles? They just seem like death traps to me, you know? I think they look really neat. Um, but honestly, like, I don't like riding motorcycles. But in, in this case, he wasn't even riding the motorcycle. Right. That's the, that's You know what's funny? It's like, it never occurred to me that a motorcycle could crash into me. And somehow, I feel like it would hurt more because... You weren't even being cool and neat on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> it would hurt the ego more. And so as soon as Will's mom opens the door to where Will and his nurse Nathan are, Will starts making this ungodly noise. Mm -hmm. Like he's trying to be like sacrilegious or funny. He's like, "Uh, uh." right. He's making fun of 
other people with disabilities in a way. Yeah. Because he's an asshole. He's pretending like he can't speak. And by the way, he looks completely fine. He just can't move his legs or his arms very much. He has minimal movement in his thumb and like a couple fingers on one of his hands. He is very attractive. And like I said, he looks essentially the same as he did before. So it's not like he's mangled or anything. His mom and his nurse are like, Jesus Christ. And then he snaps out of his um, irreverent mocking. And he's like, hello, Louisa. Because his mom had introduced her when they first walked in. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hey, how are you? You know, she's so happy. And he's like, something's wrong with your skirt. Because there's like a huge rip. Right. He's just being an asshole. He's being an ass. He does not pass the vibe check almost immediately. Because remember, Louisa is cute, bubbly Amelia Clark. And Mm -hmm. this guy is just grumpy and like such a sourpuss Mm -hmm. and just like rude on purpose. Yeah. You know, it goes through kind of a little montage of her showing up for work and being like, good morning, good morning, you know, hello. And she's trying her best. Right. Every day she's like this ray of sunshine and he Mm -hmm. just makes her job miserable. And look, it's obvious, like, he's in a self-pitying state. Like, I get it. He's depressed. Fair. He's mean to her. And that's not fair, you know? You know what? Just because you want to be in a self-pitying mood doesn't mean you have to be a cunt to everyone else. But there's one night where Louisa and her sister are laying on Louisa's bed and they're just hanging out because they're best friends, Louisa, and her sister's name is Trina. So Louisa and Trina are hanging out and Lou's like, I think I'm going to quit. Yeah, she's had enough, dude. I mean, she's miserable. Like every day she has to go and spend eight hours. Like she spends the whole day with this Mm -hmm. like six days a week. She has to spend six days a week, you know, all day long with this mean guy. Like, that's so miserable. Yeah. And her sister's like, ah, Louisa, you can't do that. And Louisa's like, the fuck I can't. Why? And then her sister says that she got accepted into college and she's going back to school out of town. Mm. Um, And so essentially her sister's like, I need you to take one for the family and for the team again. Um, I need you to stay in this job you hate. So... I can leave town. Yeah. And that's really unfair. It kind of is, but I think it's unfair that their parents put them in that position. Yeah, that's true. And so Louisa being Louisa, she's like, yeah, fine, whatever. I'll I'll suck it up. Yeah. Um, When Lou goes to work the next day, Will's mother kind of catches her before she goes in. And she's like, hey, Will has some company. Right. There's very awkward energy to that statement. And Louisa quickly finds out why. So it turns out that the people visiting are Will's best friend and Mm -hmm. Will's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. We were kind of wondering what happened to her because she was in the beginning of the movie right before Mm -hmm. his accident. They were together and then she just kind of seemed to disappear. And a part of me thought, oh, man, you know, she must have dumped him after he became paralyzed. Which she did, but it's not quite as cut and dry as that. Right. The best friend and the ex-girlfriend are actually there to tell Will that in the tragedy of his accident, Mm -hmm. they became closer and they are now engaged. 
Right. So, uh, yikes. But girl, this happens a lot. Like I actually, mm-hmm. do you know what, what happens all the time that really freaks me out is when a spouse dies and then like the surviving spouse marries like the sibling of the dead spouse or the best friend of the dead spouse. Like that shit happens all the time. Listen, you know, if my husband passed away, I would probably not remarry or even date. I would probably just get a Tinder, get some booty calls. Wow. And you, just... You heard it here first. <laughs> like, I did I did the marriage thing. Let's try the spinster thing now, you know? I'm going to use the life insurance money, um, get a BBL, a tummy tuck, <laughs> um, and just be, like, super hot for the rest of my life. Yeah. And just have a series of Tinder booty calls. Yeah. Love it. Will's girl, ex-girlfriend and his best friend have come to say that they're engaged and that through this tragedy, they have found each other. Mm-hmm. And at first, Will just sort of stares at them like, <laughs> uh, and she's like, say something. The ex-girlfriend yeah. says, say something. And of course, Louisa is like spying the whole time, which same. You got to get the tea, girl. Right? It's not like he's giving you any. Right. And Will just says, congratulations. Mm -hmm. And then the best friend's like, we should go. (laughs) Well, you could just tell that the best friend and ex-girlfriend, this is the last thing on their to-do list for their wedding. They were just like, they were putting this off to the last minute. Like, we have to tell Will before the invitations go out. (laughs) Yeah, he has to hear it from us Mm -hmm. because he can't hear it from someone else. Right. And, you know, Will leaves the room. And Louisa helps the ex-girlfriend into her jacket. The ex-girlfriend says, I'm not an awful person. I tried for months and months after the accident. And he just kept pushing me away and being awful. Right. She actually says, you can only help someone that wants to be helped. And you know what? I don't blame her because he seems Mm -mm. toxic as hell. Like, I totally understand. I mean... There, there must be a time period after a huge accident like that where the person's depressed. But again, yeah. there is just no excuse for being like mean to the people that are trying to help you. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for it. And after the ex-girlfriend and the best friend leave, Louisa hears this giant crash and like breaking glass from Will's bedroom. So she runs over and... Will had rammed his chair into his dresser, breaking all the picture frames with pictures of his friends and his ex and all of that stuff. He breaks all those pictures. To me, it was a little bit sad how that was the biggest outburst he could have because he can't. Like, imagine being pissed the fuck off and you want to like, you want to throw something, but you can't. So you have to ram your Mm -hmm. chair into like a dresser. Yeah, it is. It was really sad that that's the best he could manage um and so you know louisa is spending most of her time with will but she also has her own life including a boyfriend who is played by matthew lewis and you might know him better as neville longbottom from harry potter and my god did puberty do him well because that boy is hot as fuck he grew up and he is hot. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing pictures of him, the way he looks in this movie. And I was like, damn, Neville. Like, wow. But, I mean, his actual personality is very much 
Neville Longbottom. <laughs> but in this movie, he's actually like a fitness freak. He's really into running and marathons and triathlons. And he doesn't seem like a good boyfriend. Like, he's so self-obsessed. Yeah, he's kind of just into himself. He doesn't... And, and not only that, but he's really demanding that she be supportive of him without ever asking her what she needs, like what she needs support with. Like she is struggling badly. She's in this job she hates to bring money to her family. She feels trapped. She can't get out mm-hmm. of this job. She can't get out of this town. Like she's she's not in a good place. She's not in a good place. And all he can talk about is his times and running and I guess they were supposed to go on a vacation and he was like hey I got the great the greatest place to go let's go to Norway and she's like yeah 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 that sounds great you know just a nice relaxing vacation with you and I he's like awesome by the way I'm actually going to do a triathlon while I'm there yeah so that's really where we're going (laughs) yeah and she's like but I thought it was supposed to be our holiday and he's like it is. We'll do like sightseeing and shit after the triathlon, of course. But you know what? Okay. Speaking of Neville Longbottom, it occurred to me that Amelia Clark, like she reminds me of Hermione Granger. She does. Well, I guess really she reminds me of Emma Watson, who plays Hermione Granger. But then it made me think like Emma Watson could have played Daenerys Tigerian. Oh my God. She could have. And it would have been such a departure from the Harry Potter movies. Uh, still fantasy. It's still fantasy, but it's adult fantasy. I'm saying, like, she was naked. <laughs> she shot, she showed the boobies. Is this really the only reason I want Emma Watson to have played Daenerys Targaryen so I could see her boobies? You just wanted to see Emma Watson's boobies? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> if wanting to see Emma Watson's boobies is a crime, then consider me a criminal. I wouldn't say no to seeing her boobies. Right. For science. Right. But the next time Louisa is, you know, the next day she's at Will's house and she's trying to be kind to him, even though he's not kind to her. And she's fixing the picture frames that he broke. Yeah. He's just, he's terrible to her again. He's like, you know, I didn't break those on accident. That was on purpose. Keep in mind, she's been working there for, I think, two months already. And she's been having a horrible time and she's kind of sucked it up. But this time he says to her, go raid a grandma's closet and get out of here. And that's when she snaps. Because I think like you could be mean to her all day long, but don't insult her clothes. Which, by the way, we haven't mentioned, but she dresses very eccentrically, like a lot of bright colors, Mm -hmm. mix matched patterns. She does. She dresses very eccentrically and she calls him out. She's like, you don't need to be such a horrible person. Right. This is kind of the first time that she's like standing up for herself. And I think it kind of it kind of wakes him up a little bit about the fact that she's this cheerful girl and you're turn and you're like you're making her snap. Like what is wrong with you? And she even says she's like, I'm not here because I enjoy your company. I'm here because I need the money. Right. So like, this is a job. Like you really think I like to come here and get talked down to every single day? Yeah. Like, baby, you are not that hot. You're not that hot. It's hard to feel sorry for someone who is so unpleasant. But at the same time, I feel like it's also hard to say, hey, you guy who's paralyzed, you need to be more cheerful in your wheelchair. You need to like yeah. make us feel more comfortable with your disability. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, that's not fair. And I get it. And honestly, like, I'd probably be a horrible twat if I was a paraplegic. Like, you would probably, somebody would just, like, shove me over a cliff or right. traffic. <laughs> They'd be like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, you could be miserable, but be quietly miserable like the rest of us, okay? We're managing. Yeah. We smile at strangers. And we say thank you. We have the courtesy to hide it from others. Right. Like, we're all dying inside, but we do have that courtesy. Yeah. He actually kind of like takes to heart what she says because later that night she sees him watching a movie and she's like, what are you watching? And at first he says French gay porn. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, what? (laughs) I think for a minute she's really uncomfortable. Like, oh. How far does the assistant job go is I think what she's wondering at this point. (laughs) Like, am I supposed to assist him with this? Oh, my God. (laughs) But like, does does it still work? I think so. Courtney is Googling if erections can still happen on paralyzed individuals. And I am uncomfortable. I don't know how appropriate this is, but I also want to know the answer. They're able to have reflex erection with physical stimulation. Huh. Okay. So in some cases, yes. In other cases, no. Oh, okay. Anyways, he kind of laughs when he sees how uncomfortable she is. And he says he's watching a French movie. And she's like, oh, I don't watch those kinds of movies. And she means with subtitles. She says she doesn't like subtitle movies. And he's like, can you just shut up and sit down and watch the movie with me, please? Louisa ends up watching this movie with him. And they kind of bond about it because she ends up loving it. And she's just Uh like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I haven't watched this movie before. Well, she rants about the ending, and he's like, but did you love it? She's like, I loved it. He asks her for a walk, which is the first time that he is basically pleasant, really, to her. And she does. She takes him outside for a walk in, like, the gardens. They are out there, and he's like, why are you here, like, in this town? Like, you should leave. Well, he basically says to her... That she is too quirky for this little boring English town. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, like, well, actually, I wanted to leave and study fashion, but I can't because my family needs me. Mm-hmm. You know, you could tell he's kind of uncomfortable that she's like, yeah, um, I'm actually poor. Right. I'm one of the poor people. I don't know if we emphasize this enough he is rich Mm -hmm. like his family owns a massive estate that has a castle on it he says you know their town is where fun goes to die you know people go to die and she's like you know what i'm just skipping some steps she's like why would i want to leave this town and get married to a businessman who's going to cheat on me with his secretary And then we're going to end up hating each other. And then I'm going to lose all of my individuality, all of my self-identity. And then I'm just going to move right back here because I want a better life for my kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just skipping steps, you know? Yeah, she's making light of it. And she's so bubbly that she's starting to crack his shell. Like, he actually laughs at her jokes. Yeah. And he's starting to smile. And girl, he is so cute when he smiles. He he has that crooked devil may care smile. Well, you know what? The description of a crooked smile never sounds attractive. It sounds like a medical condition. He like a lopsided smile. That that sounds even worse. (laughs) (laughs) But 
she is. She's starting to crack his shell. He's smiling occasionally, and he seems very genuinely interested in her life, and he asks her so many questions. He actually tells her, like, that she's too bright to be in this town and gives her the speech about how she needs to live her life to the fullest, and she kind of changes the subject and tells him he needs to shave his face. Yeah, and he's like, fine, you can shave for me. And she does. She shaves his face. And it's like intimate. It's like sexy. Yeah. I mean, I never really realized how intimate it is to shave somebody else's face. And I'm like, barbers do this all the time. Like two straight dudes just like millimeters from each other's faces. Like how homoerotic is that? (laughs) Listen. You got me fucked up if you think I'm letting anybody near my face with a straight razor. Because she is. She's she's not using like a Gillette. Mm-hmm. She's using like a straight razor. And I'm like. No, I would not trust anyone's like intrusive thoughts that much, you know. <laughs> just like. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> what if I just boop? Boop. Oh, you died. Just a little. Boop. You're dead. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're terrible. We have issues. I guess there's a, a winter storm outside or something. Mm-hmm. She actually spends the night at his house to look after him because he's he's kind of fallen ill. When the nurse finally gets there and it turns out the Will's body like overheated mm. and he was really sick. Yeah, so she stays with him to kind of um, look after him that night. Yeah, it is really sweet. She finds out more about his condition She asks Nathan, the nurse, she's like, is he, you know, is he getting any better? Like, what's the news? And he looks at her and he's like, you didn't know. He's like, there is no getting better. Mm -hmm. Like, he will just keep getting worse. It might be fast. It might be slow. But there is no recovering from this. You know, he's just going to keep getting worse. Other parts of his body are going to start failing. Oh, my God. Uh, The prognosis. Well, you know, in the beginning, I thought. He's just paralyzed. He should be able to otherwise live his life. But apparently it's a lot more complicated than that. It is because, um, like, he doesn't sweat the way he's supposed to sweat. Um, His lungs don't work the way they're supposed to work. So he's very prone to getting pneumonia. He can't use his hands. You know, he can use one or two fingers and that's it. Mm -hmm. Just with a spinal cord injury like that, there is no going back from it. Yeah. You know, you're just, it's just going to keep getting worse for him until eventually vital parts of his body start shutting down. Mm. So Louisa doesn't know him in any other way, but she does go snooping on his laptop and she finds like this birthday video that his friends made for him. Yeah. And he's like water skiing and snowboarding and he's just doing all of this like crazy athletic stuff. He was living it up before his accident. And so you can imagine like what a shock it must have been for him to go from Mm -hmm. all of that to like not being able to do anything. Listen, this time last summer, I was living it up in crop tops and now I went up a pant size and the crop tops don't look good anymore. And that was a big shock for me. And it sent me into a depressive spiral. So I can only imagine. Not not the same, but I get where I get where you're going. <laughs> a little different. It's not the same. It's not the same. But like that set me into like a depressive episode. Yeah. And losing essentially the ability to move or do anything mm-hmm. for myself. 
that would definitely be a huge fucking change. Louisa asks him what happened because she doesn't know. Like, she's never asked what happened. For all she knew, he was born like that. Yeah, and he said, my mother didn't tell you. It's her favorite story to tell. He tells her it was a motorbike accident. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, you were riding a motorbike? And then he's like, no, I was hit by a motorbike. I know. Again, embarrassing story. I would just lie. (laughs) I would just lie and say I was like, you know, climbing Mount Everest on a motorbike. I I was bull riding. No one is going to fact check someone that has Mm -hmm. had an accident like that. You know what I'm saying? You could literally say anything. Just lie. Make up something cool. No follow-up questions, please. Louisa actually finds out not long after this um, about why she only has a six-month contract. Mm-hmm. And she finds out by spying, um, which, um, same girl. She's a sneak, dude. She's a sneaky one. Well, here's the thing. I don't think she ever intends to spy. She just always kind of walks in on conversations like, how the fuck? But okay. Again, this is that thing that happens in movies where characters conveniently walk in and overhear a very important conversation, which like I have been waiting for this to happen in life and it's never happened to me. Do you know how excited I would be to like turn a corner and then someone's like spilling major tea on the other side? I would be so fucking excited. See, I've never gotten that, but I have gotten emails I should not have gotten. Girl, that's just as good. So basically, Louisa overhears Will's parents arguing about a decision that apparently was made Uh months ago before Louisa was hired. His mom found a letter with a Swiss postmark and she opened it to read it. It was essentially a confirmation of a stay at an assisted suicide center in Switzerland because Will has decided that that's what he wants to do. He had a suicide attempt. Yeah. And obviously survived. He said, I want to die. And his mom was like, please, just just give me six months with you. And so he agreed to six mm-hmm. months. And at the end of those six months, he is going to go to this center in Switzerland to, um, what's it called? Be euthanized? Mm-hmm. So there's voluntary euthanasia, non-voluntary euthanasia, involuntary euthanasia, and passive or active euthanasia. Wow. I can't believe there was involuntary euthanasia. Um, I thought that was called murder, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) Bitch, that's called murder. (laughs) But anyways, that's what Will wants to do. And Louisa finds out about it. She goes to her sister and explains, you know, like what Will's planning to do. And Louisa's like, I can't, I can't do this. Well, girl, it's like it's kind of fucked up that his parents hired her without telling her this because they have allowed her to become friends with him and get close to him and bond Uh with him without telling her that he plans on dying in a couple months. Like, that's not fair. That's not cool that they did that. Yeah. And she wants to quit. She wants to quit. And Trina's like, no, like you said that they have money, right? Like they're loaded. And Lou's like, yeah, they're loaded. She's like make these last few months for him amazing you know do fun shit with him for the next few months right you know just make his the time he has left make it amazing for him yeah louisa gets so excited she's like i could i could change his mind she goes to his mom and explains that she wants to start taking him on trips and doing fun shit to hopefully change his mind and his poor mother is desperate 
Louisa starts looking for information on sports and activities for disabled people. And this is the mm-hmm. thing, right? Like there are so many people that are disabled and even quadriplegic people who mm-hmm. live rich and fulfilled lives, like with their disabilities. Like, dude, there yeah. is a girl, there's a little girl in my kids' jujitsu class with no legs. Damn. Like, she has no legs. Do you know how important legs are in jujitsu? Yes. They're pretty important. And she's she's on that mat and she's taking kids down with no legs. Like, come on, dude. What a badass. That's what I mean. So, I mean, it's obvious that your life can be as rich and fulfilled as you decide it can be. And, and Will has decided not to try. And he gave up a long time ago. Again, it's not just about being quadriplegic. I think a lot of it with him has to do with the progressiveness of how sick he gets and how helpless he feels and what he lost in this. So, like, Will does not get a pass because he was an asshole. Mm. But also, you, we can't make your decisions for you. And obviously, neither can his fucking mom. Right. I mean, I feel so torn It's so hard because on one end, I'm like, I don't want anyone to give up on life. I don't either. But on the other end, I'm like, if someone has, you know, an illness, a deteriorating condition that is causing their body to slowly die Mm -hmm. and they're choosing to end it peacefully. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, dude. I don't know. So Louisa decides I'm going to plan all these trips. She shows up one day. He's like, what the fuck are you wearing? Because she's wearing this like suit outfit thing. It's it's like an equestrian outfit. Yeah. And she's like, we're taking Nathan to the horse races. He's never been. Nathan is the nurse that looks after him. Nathan's like, yeah, I've never been. P.S. Nathan is kind of cute. Nathan is a hottie. And he's kind. He's so nice. He's kind. He's patient. He like ticks all the boxes. Yeah. So she kind of convinces Will to go to the horse races, and it's a disaster. Yeah, I mean, when they're getting out of the car, the wheelchair gets stuck in mud, which is probably his worst nightmare, like making a scene. Well, and then Louisa just calls these two other dudes over, like, excuse me, can you help us? And they have to, like, help pick up and move the wheelchair. And then they decide to go eat after the race. And Will's like, oh, yeah, being spoon fed in public is my favorite thing. So, I mean, they can't even get into the restaurant because they don't have like the right badge. It's just the whole trip is a disaster. But Louisa doesn't give up because she comes back with uh, round two of attempting to make him enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the opera. <laughs> Girl, like when you think fun and excitement, when you think yolo like you only live once do you think Mm -hmm. classical music concert is that what pops in your head like maybe the trans-siberian orchestra i'm thinking but (laughs) maybe you know hamilton i don't know i fucking love hamilton i know i know i shouldn't have said (laughs) hamilton you You shouldn't have said it like your eyes got weird and (laughs) this glazed over like (gasps) anyways and but the thing is is that She shows up and Nathan, the nurse, is like, wow. Mm -hmm. She's wearing a very sexy dress and Will Mm -hmm. is in his wheelchair wearing a suit and a bow tie and he looks really hot. He got a haircut. He got a haircut. It's very much date night vibes. And 
Luisa still has a whole ass boyfriend. Uh huh. It doesn't seem very appropriate to me. I don't know. It doesn't, but also her boyfriend is trash. So they go to the opera and they they seem to have a really good time. You know, they go home and she goes to help him out of the car and he's like, just, I don't want to go in yet. He's like, I just want to be a guy that has just been out with to the opera with a pretty girl for a few more minutes. Okay. Yeah. And you, you can see where he's like struggling with like his sense of self-worth. Yeah. Again, uh, Louisa has a boyfriend. His name is Patrick, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Neville Longbottom. Neville Longbottom is uh, supposed to come to her birthday dinner. Yeah, and um, her parents actually invite Will, too. They want to get to know him because she spends so much time with him. And her boyfriend also wants to meet the guy that she's spending all her free time with, which I think is fair. Right. So Will rolls up. Eh? He rolls up to eh? her parents' house. And uh, he's kind of charming and, and sweet. It's funny because her dad holds his hand out to shake Will's hand. And then he's like, oh, shit. I know. Sorry. And Will just plays with it. He's like, a curtsy will be fine. The boyfriend who we already established is trash is late Mm -hmm. by like 30 minutes. Like who shows up 30 minutes late to a dinner party? Like you're trash, sir. Yeah. And he shows up and all he can talk about is I beat my best time so far. Six miles in 28 minutes. And Louisa's like, and happy birthday to my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. You know, he comes in and he meets Will. He tries to give will like advice he's like yeah i can put you i can hook you up with a fitness bro he can get you walking you know like you know he can help you know all you need is a good fitness regimen that is so awkward it's kind of like that thing where when someone has cancer and then someone's messaging them about you know this supplement that they can take it's like you know what kindly shut up i know you're trying to help but this person i am sure has got it figured out they don't need Mm -hmm. your like weird, you know, miracle cure to their ailment. Mm-mm. So boyfriend Patrick has to sit across the table from Louisa and Will. He has to watch Louisa spoon feed Will. And it's like very much boyfriend girlfriend vibes. Like she even wipes his lip with her finger. Yeah. And everybody at the table is just looking like, what the fuck? Because Louisa is so used to it. She doesn't see how it comes across. Uh-huh. It comes time for presents. Patrick had a custom-made necklace for her. It's a heart, and it has his name in the middle. Right. And she's like, oh, it's so sweet. Well, her reaction to it, I mean, she doesn't even pretend to be excited about it. She's very, like, her reaction is very bland, which just kind of goes to show how little her boyfriend knows her, that he would think that a, a flashy necklace with his name on it would be a good gift. Right. Then Will says that there's a present for her in his bag. And she goes and she opens it and they're bumblebee tights, black and yellow stripes. And it's a story she told him that when she was little, she got a pair of wellies, which I think are rain boots. She got a pair of wellies and they were glittery. And then she got some bumblebee tights Um, And she wore them constantly and she outgrew them and she could never find a pair in her size again. Yeah. Um, And so he found her a pair of bumblebee tights because she used to love them so much. Dude, her reaction, she flips out like it's so obvious that this is the gift that means the most to her. 
and mm-hmm. she runs off to try them on. And you could tell that boyfriend Patrick is not having a good time. <laughs> He's not. He, he he wants to leave. <laughs> She's just so excited and happy about these bumblebee tights. And I think it's because he listened to her story, remembered, and then made the effort to find them for her. You know? I know, dude. I know people like this. Like, you're kind of like this, where you're very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And a very thoughtful gift giver. And that's, I want to be like that, but I I just have the memory of a goldfish. Like anytime I need to buy someone a present, I can't remember what to get them because I I can't remember what anyone says to me ever. Like literally, I just have such a bad memory. That's fair. I Gift giving is my love language. Like gifts is my love language. It's really how I show love and receive love. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't even have to be, like, fancy. Literally, sometimes my husband will go to, like, the gas station or, like, he'll go to get gas for the lawnmower or something. And he'll come back and he'll be like, oh, yeah, hey, I got you, like, a diet vanilla Coke and a whatchamacallit. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God, you love me. That's so sweet. Louisa comes home and... Her mom is like dressed up. Her mom is wearing a fancy dress. Her hair is done. Her makeup is done. And Louisa's like, what is the occasion? And her mom says, we're celebrating. Um, your dad got a job. And Louisa's so excited. And she's like, oh, my God, where? And her dad comes downstairs and is like, it's actually um, at the castle. Um, I'm the new head of maintenance mm-hmm. over there. Um, Mr. Trainer Will called me himself to hire me. I think she gets a bad feeling about it. Mm-hmm. She told Will that she was stuck in that town because her family needed the income of her work. And then mm-hmm. Will gets her dad a job to kind of release her of that duty. Yeah. And I think the bad feeling she gets is warranted because the next time she sees Will, he is meeting an estate lawyer. She goes to tell his mom that he met with this estate attorney. And his mom is like devastated. She's like, I thought he was changing his mind. And Louisa's like, I did too. Will gets an invitation to the wedding of his ex-girlfriend and his, I would assume, ex-best friend. Because that's not his best friend anymore. Yeah, I don't know how you come back from that. I don't know why they would invite him, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, listen, I understand them inviting him, but I don't think they expected him to come. I don't either. Why would you invite him? Like, hey, yeah, this is the reason we're together because he got hit by a fucking motorcycle. Um, Like, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things. Like imagine like that speech that the, what is it? The best groomsman makes of how how the couple mm -hmm. met. Like, you know, everybody was just skipping that part because it would have been awkward as hell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're like, oh yeah, we're not going to mention that. They were sitting next to each other outside of the hospital waiting room as her boyfriend fought for his life. And his hand slipped and touched hers. They locked eyes and then found the on-call room. Um, <laughs> Louisa obviously is the quirky. Oh, my God. I just realized mm. she is a manic pixie dream girl. She is a manic pixie dream girl. Okay. Now I hate this movie. No, you don't. <laughs> because I got tricked. I got tricked. I didn't realize until this very moment that she's a manic pixie dream You girl. didn't get tricked. You were just unobservant, <laughs> and that's not the movie's fault. <laughs> okay, fair enough. 
Um, being the manic pixie dream girl that Luisa is, she invites him to dance on the dance floor, which obviously he cannot do because he's in a wheelchair. She just sits on his lap. And he spins her around. Yeah. And, and they're they're getting stares. Yeah. Okay. Which honestly, good for them. Yeah. Well, he tells her because obviously she's on his lap and very close to her. He tells her that she smells fantastic. He said, the only reason you're letting me get this close to your boobs is because I'm paralyzed. Yeah. And she's like, the only reason you're giving me a second look is because you're paralyzed. Yeah. She basically says, like, if if you weren't in this wheelchair, you wouldn't even consider me for a second because you would be going after the hottest women in the room. And he's like, that's fair. <laughs> he's like, you're not wrong. <laughs> but things are what they are. I mean, they have a blast that night. Yeah, they're he's she's on his lap. They're driving around. They're zoom zooming. There's like a golf course, and he's like he's like riding his his wheelchair as though it's a golf cart through the golf course. He might as well be doing donuts in a parking lot. Well, it's like it's nighttime. Ed Sheeran is playing in the background. Yeah, which like they can't hear it, but you know what? That pisses me off, dude. Because Ed Sheeran can make me feel things and I don't appreciate the manipulation here of them making me feel in love in this moment. It's because you are. Don't make me feel things. I don't like it. I want to be dead inside. <laughs> what? When your legs don't work like they used to. Oh my God. <laughs> that is the song they used. I know. I just, I didn't, it didn't hit me till just now. Why would they do that? I feel like this recording is a therapy session, like a debriefing from the movie, because I'm just like realizing all these things I didn't realize watching it. They have a grand, fun ass time that night and they stay in a hotel. They show up the next morning and Will's mom's like, I called you like 15 times. And he's like, mother, I'm pretty sure I'm old enough to stay in a hotel overnight by myself. Like, I'm a big boy. Mm. The nurse is there to evaluate him. And he's like, are you drunk? <laughs> and Will's like, yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So, um, again, Louisa has a boyfriend. Um, Louisa does have a boyfriend. We keep bringing him up, even though he is kind of useless and pointless. He is what we have coined the Sim boyfriend. Yes. He was dropped into this story for the sole purpose of... Of drama. Of drama. And it's not even good drama. <laughs> Louisa's with her boyfriend, and she's telling him that she can't go to Norway with him because she's going on this really big trip with Will. Boyfriend Patrick has seen Will at this point. So boyfriend Patrick, like, listen, men, I don't care what anyone says, straight men know when other straight men are hot. They know. Mm -hmm. Oh, that for sure they know. Boyfriend is like, um, so let me get this straight. You're canceling our vacation to go on a vacation, to go on a trip with your employer. And she's like, I have to go. Like, they need me to go. Yeah, but I also understand why he's upset because she's going on a romantic getaway with her very handsome, very rich boss. Yeah, they get into an argument about it. And he's like, uh scuba diving massages a villa he's like this is not a work trip this is a honeymoon neville longbottom <laughs> he's got a point right 
And he sort of like, he's like, I, I can't do this, Louisa. And it's kind of insinuated that they break up. Yeah, it's not very clear. I hate these passive aggressive fights um, in any context. But before Louisa and Will get to go on this trip, Will actually gets sick and lands himself in the hospital with pneumonia. Yeah. Will's nurse kind of gives Louisa a very frank outline of Will's prognosis. He's like, you don't understand. When you see him, he is pretending to not be in pain. Like he is in constant pain. Nathan, the nurse, says that Will is in constant pain. And there's been nights where Nathan has stayed there all night and listened to Will scream all night long because he's in pain. Uh, I mean, when you hear that kind of like euthanasia just sounds understandable. Yeah. You know, Louisa is there with him when he wakes up um, and Louisa stays with him, but she doesn't stop planning their trip. Mm hmm. Like, once he gets out of the hospital, they get on a private jet and go to, like, Tahiti or some shit. Yeah, and so they have this great trip. They spend most of their time laying around at the beach, which, to be fair, mm-hmm. is, like, what you would normally do at the beach, right? Like, you uh-huh. don't have to get in the ocean. The ocean's gross. Like, there's fishes in there having sex. Like, don't get in the ocean. Yeah, at one point, they're watching Nurse Nathan try paddleboarding. <laughs> And that night, Louisa is getting Will into bed and, you know, she go. it's storming outside. It's like a thunder and lightning storm. And she goes to close the um, balcony doors and Will just tells her to leave them open. There's something about rain that makes people horny, dude. Um, rain, elevators. Yeah. Will asks her to stay in his room. Yeah. She climbs in bed with him. They cuddle. Then they kiss. And they start kissing. This is where they cross a line. Okay, we have now entered romantic territory. We have now entered romantic territory. Um, They kind of keep up the romanticness for the rest of the trip. She's on his lap. They're riding around. They're kissing more. Mm -hmm. She's like doing like funny, goofy like dances. And the day before they leave... To go home, he's like, Louisa, there's something I need to tell you. And she tells him that she already knows. Yeah, because he's basically was going to tell her like, hey, I'm planning on being euthanized. Uh huh. She's like, I know. And I think she's expecting him to say, but you came into my life like a manic pixie dream girl and changed my life. But instead, he says, we need to end this here because when I get back, I'm going to Switzerland which is really strange to hear Switzerland being used as like a synonym for like death. <laughs> you know, yeah. like usually Switzerland is like positive vibes, but in mm-hmm. this movie, it's negative vibes. It's like bad vibes. Yeah. And she gets really upset and she's like, I thought you were changing your mind. And he tells her there is nothing in this world that was ever going to change my mind. It's so heartbreaking because she says, I can make you happy. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like, can you imagine the pressure of feeling like you need to be that person's reason to stay alive like that? No one should have that pressure. Yeah, no one should. And he even tells her, this is not a burden I want to put on you with being responsible for making me happy. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. She's so upset. She's heartbroken, dude. She is. This guy she's falling for is essentially going to die. And she kind of gives him the cold shoulder on the way home. And then as soon as they get back to 
the airport and his parents are there to pick him up, she just kind of dips out and his mom runs after her. Like, Louisa, what is wrong? Louisa tells his mother, you don't have to pay me. You know what? Bullshit. No, bitch. Give me my money. I did my job. Mm. Give me my money. That's bullshit. She says, you don't have to pay me. And then his mom knows that means that he didn't change his mind. So you're telling me she worked for six months and then in the end said, you don't have to pay me? I think she meant for like the trip. Mm -mm. Sorry. No, they have a lot of money. You need to pay me. I'd be standing there (laughs) with my hands sticking out. like Pay me double because I had to cry. Right. (laughs) Emotional distress. Um, She goes home and she basically tells her parents she doesn't have a job anymore. Um, And she tells him what Will's planning on doing. And her mom is so against it. You know, Louisa is not said she wasn't going to Switzerland. But now she's kind of like, should I go, though, Mm -hmm. Um, and be there with him? And her mom's like, no, this is murder. You can't go. Right. We're not going to be a part of this. Um, Daddy, on the other hand, is like, hey, I saw them leave this morning. You still have time. Oh, God. So Louisa goes to Switzerland to what is some sort of end of life facility. It looks like a bed and breakfast. Well, it looks like a bed and breakfast in like Nantucket or something. It's like a it's like a house with very beachy aesthetic. Yeah, it's cute. It's very bright and cute. It's very calming and relaxing. Yeah. You would think that an end of life facility would be like dark and depressing. Like there's nothing more here for you. You know, just go. (laughs) But instead, it like it makes me, I don't know, that place, it's, if it had plants, if it had a bunch of plants, like I would change my mind about dying. Um, You'd be like, oh, my God, is that a monstera? <laughs> is that a monstera? Okay, would you mind like giving me a clipping so I can propagate it? Like <laughs> now I have a reason to live. Yeah. You know, she gets there and his parents are like, thank you so much for coming. And she goes in and sees him and he's like, come up here and cuddle. And then he asks if she'll stay with him. Coiny, did you think, how did you think this was going to end? Because the very last thing we hear him say is, call my parents in. And I swear yeah. to you, I thought he was going to say, I want more time with Louisa. Nope. He does the thing. Whatever that is, because we don't see him actually die. No, it just, it pans to a scene with Louisa in Paris reading a letter. Right. It's like several weeks later and she's reading a letter in Paris that Will left her. He tells her that he's leaving her money in his will. Mm-hmm. He tells her, like, look, it's not enough money for you to, like, never work again, but it's enough money to set your life up. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on. But, like, why can't it be enough money for me not to work again? Like, why are you assuming I want to work? Yeah. Let me make my own decisions. <laughs> I'm a feminist. I'm letting you make your own decision. You're going to let me make mine. All right. <laughs> Leave me all your fucking money. <laughs> Here's the thing. I When I read this book, I read the book and I went into it blind. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know what was happening. Okay. And when I tell you I sobbed like a little bitch, I sobbed like a little bitch. Really? Because you didn't know that he he chose to die. Yeah, there's a second book called After You. Oh my I god. I haven't read it yet. Um, but I sobbed like a little bitch. And when I watched the movie for the first time, I sobbed again like a little bitch. And then when I watched it yesterday for the podcast, I sobbed again like a little bitch. Really? Dude, I don't know. Like the only times that I felt any emotions was when the Ed Sheeran songs came on. <laughs> that was the only time that I felt like oh my 
my god alive no i i sobbed Mm. a little bit i think there's something wrong with me because i never get emotional during movies the only time that i feel anything like the faintest like like a little emotion scratching at my dead walls is Mm -hmm. when like there's like a parent child situation like a like a child dies do you feel something when a dog in a movie dies no i'm sorry what kind of sociopath are you? I don't you? know. I don't know. I just don't feel anything. What if anything. your dog in real life died? No, if my dog died, I would be devastated. I would be work. Okay. I would be like wearing a veil. Like I would be devastated. Listen, I have feelings. I'm just. Would you cry if I died? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think I, you guys didn't see her face? Like that was not a convincing yeah. No, I was just thinking because I'm like, I would be so shocked. Like, it would take me time. Like, I would be fucked up. It would take me time to process. See, here's the thing. I would cry if you died, but I wouldn't go to your funeral. Why? I don't like dead bodies. They freak me out. I will say this here and now. You better come to my funeral or I'm going to fucking haunt you. Bitch, haunt me. That's what I want. <laughs> you want me to haunt you? <laughs> I do. We're just gonna we're just gonna hang out forever. <laughs> and ever and ever and ever. No, I, I don't like dead bodies. They freak me out. I, I you know what? I'll go to your funeral, but I'm not going up where the casket is. I want you to hug me and kiss my forehead. No. And whisper no something in my and whisper my astrology in my ear. <laughs> no, I, I will not do it. I'm like I'm getting itchy just thinking about <laughs> Like, being close to a dead body. I don't like it. Oh, God. That's fine. I'll try not to take it personally. Um, Are you going to be cremated or buried? I want to be cremated. Okay, well, if you're already, like, cremated or if your body's not out on display. But, I don't know. After this conversation, I kind of want a hug from you before I'm cremated. So, that's my that's my dying wish, Courtney. It's not going to happen. Well. You're going to die unfulfilled. Here it is. You're a terrible person. <laughs> Because you don't want to hug my dead body. <laughs> I really want you to respect my boundary that I'm placing on our relationship right now. <laughs> boundary denied. <laughs> what if I like put one of my t-shirts in there with you? So it's like I'm with you like when you do with a dog when you leave the house so they don't cry. That's fine. <laughs> I'll accept that. But it has to be the t-shirt you're wearing to my funeral. So you have to like get... Bitch, if you want me to whip my brand new titties out at your funeral, I will do it. <laughs> I'm so excited to die. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that is where our movie leaves us. Uh, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. More is brewing in on the way. We'll be back next week with a new episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.